0: What's up everybody and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a hundred million dollar enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of OneClick Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to B2B Made Simple. Uh, My special guest today is Rocco Saboth, uh, the VP of Marketing at Linear B. Rocco, it's good to have you here, man. Hey, what's up, Sam? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, I'm happy. I'm really excited to jump into what we have prepared today. Uh, but one question to kick this off, we just started asking, I'm always curious, are you a Coke or a Pepsi guy? Oh, man.
1: Uh, I have like a strong, uh, strong uh, OCD and um, brown soda really, really freaks me out. <laughs> So man. I do not drink any kind of soda, but I, I can barely even be in the room if there's brown soda. Oh, my
0: goodness. That's funny. That's funny. so do you have I, like a sub product that you like of one of those more than others. I got pretty. I mean, no, no, I got pretty obsessed with kombucha.
1: I drink coffee, Ooh, water, good. tea mm-hmm. and kombucha.
0: Like, there's very good, few,
1: few products that I ride hard for, but uh, health aid. Uh, lemon ginger kombucha is like it's like uh, it's
0: got to go on the desert island with me if I get stranded that's like my wife and I love it and we brought it to my my parents house the other night and I showed it to my siblings and my parents and they all sniffed it and they're like, why are you drinking vinegar? You're sick. I'm like, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Trust me. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I don't hear many people that like that, but um, again, appreciate, appreciate you being I'm here. In, I'm in
1: Seattle and we're in a tie dye shirt and a, and a vest. I live <laughs> in the, I live in the forest. We uh, we have a, a huge composting machine. Hey, we, man, that's like, the way to go.
0: And I drink kombucha. So I'm like just a total, uh, total cliche here. That's funny. Um, So why don't you, you said you're from Seattle. Go ahead and give us like a rundown of maybe your marketing team at Linear B, some background on you and spend a minute or two on that.
1: Yeah. So um, Linear B has been around for a couple of years. We make um, a tool that helps dev teams work better together by kind of measuring their efficiency and their process bottlenecks, and um, and helping uh, developers, dev team leads, um, continuously improve how they work together to deliver projects. So it's um, we're a product-led growth model, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, and um, yeah, we're we're um, we've got two founders, one that's in Tel Aviv and one that's in the the states. And so we're like a totally, um, remote company and, um, the, um, we just raised series A. So the marketing team is growing really fast. Um, there was, uh, two of us not that long ago, including me. And we're, I think we're going to be at, uh, eight people here once a couple of new people start like in the next couple of weeks. So for you guys. business is good and, um, marketing team is growing fast.
0: Yeah. Um, so give us um, a a second of your background in, so you said you were in sales.
1: Oh yeah. You you moved
0: right over to marketing without much experience. What was that like?
1: Zero experience. Yeah. So (laughs) I, I started my, my like SaaS startup, um, career as a, as an SDR and then became a sales rep and a director of sales and a VP of sales and did that, did that for 10 years. And, um, and never, never did a marketing job until I was the VP of marketing. Um, so um, I famously can't operate HubSpot. Can't I? Don't know. I'm not like I, uh, I never performed any of the typical tasks you would do as a as an individual contributor marketer, mm-hmm. but have managed to figure it out. Um, and, uh, and you know, um, actually, I think. Um, I just try to leverage, you know, my background being a salesperson as a, as a, as a differentiator. I think your, your strength can also be your weakness. So I have to be uh, uh, aware of that. But um, fortunately for me over the last 10 years, as I, as I started running marketing teams, the trend to tie marketing much, much closer to revenue mm-hmm. started becoming very popular. I think that sort of like um, helped me because I understand what, what, takes to drive revenue and what sales
0: teams want. So yeah. How long ago was that again, that you, you made the move?
1: Uh, I've been doing this for 20 years. So, and it was about 10 years ago. So about half, about
0: 10 years of experience running sales teams and then started running marketing teams about 10 years ago. That's super cool. I mean, I think that's a powerful background to have, and I think it will only help you in the future, just knowing across the aisle, what's, what's going on. So absolutely um, I dry, I always drive the
1: sales leaders nuts that I work with
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah there's some there's some positives to know there's some positives that go with sales it, for sure. Thing is all about. <laughs> um, I want to jump into product led growth uh, it's something yeah. that you guys are, <clears throat> are doing well and you had some some venture capital capital look at you and say you guys are doing this really well and therefore you have a cool story about how you got your series A so you want to start out with that just sharing what that was like. Yeah, I, I, I wrote like a little post <clears throat> about um, the fact that we,
1: um, we, we closed a sixteen million dollar Series A uh, in March of, of 2021. And um, even though the VC market is completely insane right now, and you know people are raising like twenty five million dollar seed rounds, sixteen million dollar Series A is still still pretty pretty big. It yeah. um, lead investor was uh, was Battery, so really, um, you know, tier one. Uh, VC and um, they um, the, the post I wrote was just about the fact that like we we, we are successful and we're, and we're able to raise that big series A basically because we are product led and um, and I and I'll the story I posted I got a lot of marketers that reached out to me and like connected with me on LinkedIn and, and so obviously it, it resonated. Um, we have in the last couple of years, so we, at the core, our product is metrics for software engineering teams. Mm -hmm. And in the last couple of years, at least 50 startups have started up to try to solve this problem of software development teams, not being data driven and not having, not having metrics. So, um, it is an incredibly crowded space with a lot of smart people starting companies to solve this problem. And there are a lot of similarities in what our products do. Um, and so um, the, um, you know, when we started, we were kind of running a traditional go-to-market model where we would find VPs of engineering and CTOs. We would try to book meetings with them um, we would give them a demo, we would sell them on the value and go through a traditional sales cycle and probably do like a proof of concept trial at the end. Um, and, um, uh, last year we said like, okay, this, this is, this is madness. Like for, for two reasons, not number, number one. Um, the, um, the most, the biggest success stories in like the dev tool space are ones that like Started from the bottom up with developers and and had free tools that you could try and get value from within a couple of minutes. So we knew that this product-led model for our particular like audience really made really made sense. Um, and um, and also we just needed a way to differentiate ourselves from our fifty competitors that were all doing the same thing. So we stopped what we were doing. We stopped building features. We took a risk and we. Um, made a frictionless signup process and launched a free tier in September of last year. And we went from getting like, you know, five demos a week or something all of a sudden overnight to hundreds of dev teams a month were signing up for, for the product. And business went crazy after that. Um, we invested a lot in making the experience great for them, helping them get, get value. And all of a sudden overnight, me and my small marketing team had to learn what product led growth was <laughs> um, and redo everything about our mindset and our website and our content strategy and our campaigns and our and our demand gen strategy um, and it really and it really paid off right so um, we were able to um have six months of explosive growth where we, where we picked up like, you know, thousands of dev teams in a very short amount of time, all of a sudden we're like a clear leader out of these 50 or 60 vendors. Mm -hmm. And of course, um, it started helping us close, um, close more business as well. But, um, the other thing that started happening is that, um, we started in investing in a community to like serve all these free users. And so we launched a podcast and a discord. Um, and, and basically what the, what the VC told us was that this is why we, we chose you guys. Right. Um, we have a couple of competitors that are, have raised more money than us and are, and are, and are bigger than us. Um, and have, you know, have like 10 people on their sales team and, Um, and occasionally those couple of competitors beat us in enterprise deals, but I can tell you right now that we are at, we are on a pace now where we're adding, you know, hundreds. We're going to be at a run rate of a thousand new dev teams a month that are coming onto the product. And these are not signups. These are people who like complete their onboarding and actually use the product. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, maybe we lose out on a couple enterprise deals now because we didn't build all the features while we were building our frictionless onboarding process for, for product-led growth. Mm-hmm. But a year from now, we're going to have 10,000 or 15,000 dev teams using our product, giving us feedback. Our our, our learning cycle is going to be moving so fast that, um, that it's hard to imagine that we're not going to, we're not going to be able to be the leader in the space um, all because, all because of the, of the, of that, of that model. So um, it's been an incredible learning curve in the last nine months to learn product-led growth. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've had to change
0: basically everything that we, we do to make it work. Yeah. Um, Well, you did mention, you said we had to have a massive mindset shift as a, as a marketing team, when we did this, um, your website had to change your content strategy. So what was that mindset shift? What actually needed to change? Yeah. So here's a bunch of examples. So, <clears throat> so,
1: um, you know, we, we found out that, um, uh, so first of all, there's all these different definitions of product, product-led growth. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, what ours is, right? Like our definition of product-led growth is that the, the, you put your pr- prospects or customers, whatever you want to call them, they use the product at the very beginning of the journey instead of at the very end of the journey. That's my definition. Okay, and I'll give you an example of how that plays out for us. Eighty percent of our um, free customers, we 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 part of changing our mindset is we decided to stop calling our free uh, users prospects and started calling them customers because Mm -hmm. we invest heavily in making them successful, whether they're ever going to upsell or upgrade to one of our premium packages or not. Mm -hmm. So 80% of our free customers were signing up for, for our free tier within less than 60 minutes of visiting our website for the first time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they're not, uh, they're barely reading web pages. They're barely watching videos. They're not attending webinars. They are not downloading <laughs> white papers and reading it later. They are sure as heck not talking to anyone on the phone. They are mm-hmm. not interested in, in going through a sales cycle. They barely know anything about us. They hear about us uh, on a, from a blog or from an event or from a Google search, and they come to the site, they look at a couple things, and within minutes, they are inside the product, right? So um, when you know that, you have to change everything about your website, mm-hmm. about your your how you contemplate the buyer journey. Um, I'll give you one example. Um, we had to get into this mindset of a ratio of content that lives outside of our app versus content that lives inside of our app. Right? So if you know that the vast majority of people are signing up within an hour and now they're inside the product, um, then you, um, you have to invest heavily in putting great content inside the app. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you have to uh, invest heavily in nurturing them inside the app, not not through email, right? And so <clears throat> that uh, creates a problem because um, people don't read blogs or white papers or like traditional marketing content inside your app, right? They want to be, they you know, you need tool tips. You need like, so... So content for us doesn't mean necessarily traditional content anymore. It means mm-hmm. we had to get really good at writing app cues, tooltips, and creating guided demos with, with app cues. We had to get really good at writing playbooks and drift that, um, that give value to the person, train them how to use the product, answer their mm-hmm. questions, and also sell them at the same, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I'm really proud of, of how we, uh, use our drift playbooks inside of our, inside of our app. Mm-hmm. Um, we, um, there, I don't know if you heard that that was a drift playbook uh, going off just, just then. Um, we, um, we use it in a very advanced way, uh, mm-hmm. inside of our app. Um, so that's, that's, um, that's just one, one example. Um, and, um, You know, another one is just like, uh, we talked about, um, our, our community. So, um, you, um, when you have this very blurry line between your prospects and your, and your customers, Mm um, the, um, it, changes the way you think about like who your, um, who your community is. We created um, a Discord, which is a like a gaming place that um, ended up being like a community for a lot of developers, our audience is developers. So we put our community in Discord. Mm-hmm. And we have this like kind of amazingly blurry line between our, um, our app and our Discord. Discord mm-hmm. is amazing in a lot of ways because it's free and easy. And if your developer audience are already in there, but it's anonymous. So it also makes it really, really hard. Mm-hmm. We talk, we, we, we do a lot of like thought leadership discussions and a lot of content in there. We also talk about linear B. So the lines are, are, are blurred there. Um, the discord community drives growth into the app. The app drives growth into the, into the discord community. Mm-hmm. And um
0: So, so how um, does the, how does the, the discord community drive growth to the app? Because is it all only users that have used the app in there or is it an open community that's has great content that people are discovering organically or by word of mouth?
1: Yeah. So we kind of have this, like, we, we, we try to have this fly, flywheel model Mm -hmm. where, um, we have our community, the community drives this incredible content that comes from the, from the community up Mm -hmm. the content leads to greater awareness of the, of the community and, and it, and it powers itself. And we, we run that flywheel without worrying about how many people are going to like discover the app or like convert and convert into the, into the app. And um, by having that mindset that we're just there to provide value, we end up getting a lot of people moving from there into the app but the flywheel really centers around our, our podcast. So we started a podcast about six months ago. Uh, we worked, we, uh, we do, we do one a week. Um, it's with our founder. Um, and he interviews one, one other software development leader once a week. And we worked our way up from like whoever we could get on to now, um, we are um, one of the top software development podcasts in the world. We think we're the. We think we might be the top software development leadership podcast in the world, although that's not really a a chart that exists. <clears throat> and you know, in the last few months, we've been getting basically our perfect bucket list of guests. The VP of Engineering from GitHub is a. Huge deal in the software development community, and she came on our on our pod recently. The SVP of Engineering from Data DataDog. Every dev team is obsessed with DataDog, and we had the guy that runs their dev team on our podcast. Uh, the CTO of GitLab is uh, is is uh, an episode that we have coming up that's going to be incredible. So um, that podcast is part. We think of it as part of our part of our community. We then create content based around that podcast, we ghostwrite a blog for the podcast guest. We write our own blogs about the podcast. We create multiple videos from every podcast. We have discussions in our discord about the podcast topic. We have the podcast guests come in the discord and do chat-based AMAs. Uh, We do monthly events where we have panels of multiple podcast guests coming together. We have one coming up with, um, Three incredible women from software development: the VP of Engineering from GitHub, uh, Dana, the CTO of uh, of of uh, Honeycomb Charity, and um, Catherine Kohler from Netflix. Mm-hmm. So um, these people are in our community. So you can imagine, like, if they're in our community, like everyone else wants to come and come in our community. And that that um, the, these podcast guests kind of are at the core of the flywheel, right? Like. You know, they allow us to create this incredible content, which creates awareness, which brings people into the community, creates more great discussions, allows us to get more great podcast guests. And then, um, you know what, like your original question was like, how does that drive growth of the app? Mm-hmm. Um we're not honestly that scientific about it right now, Sam, <laughs> but like, uh, it just does like, yeah, we have a little linear way things
0: like that, but you just, well, you
1: I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll figure it out when we're bigger and I have more people <laughs> to like focus on attribution or put in, uh, tracking links everywhere. But like, mm-hmm. we don't have that right now. We're like a yeah. startup. So what we have is a little section of the discord about linear B. Um, we put tool tips in there and we, uh, put some of our product content and stuff. We like really try to avoid beating people over the head with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we invite all of our users that come from the app to come into the discord to talk to each other about how they, how they use the app. And occasionally some of the thought leadership stuff we talked about is like aligned to our product. Um, but you know what? Like our number one, we have, we have set. So here's one, here's one le- lesson. Like we have separate, people and separate teams who have separate goals. Mm -hmm. So my person who leads the discord community, when he wakes up in the morning, he is only thinking about how to create an incredible experience for anyone, not linear B customers, anyone in the discord. And his goals are around community engagement. And I don't let him think about revenue. I don't let him talk to the sales team. I don't let him look at our growth goals. He has, he has nothing to do with that right he's focused on providing value to the to the community um and that was another lesson right we we had to it's hard to have a mindset of of uh, of growth or revenue and also have a mindset of providing value mm-hmm. maybe you can maybe other people can do that but i find that it's cleaner if we have uh um, some 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 walls. So we're one team. We talk to each other every day. We work together. We share ideas. Of course, we 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 figure out how to connect the dots. But um, different people have different different goals, so that they can wake up in the morning with the mindset that's focused on, I need to get X number of free signups today, or I need to get X number of leads for the sales team to upsell, or. I need to provide incredible value to the community today, today, which
0: may or may not be people that are using the product. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one point that you brought up is you had these these really awesome guests on the podcast. Um, but you guys have been doing the podcast for a little while, right? So it's not like you had those guests immediately, correct?
1: No, immediately we had to beg our customers to come on. We had to. Um, beg a lot of different people uh, to to come on. Mm -hmm.
0: And And they were not, they were not famous people. (laughs) And I want to bring that up because someone can be listening to this and going, see, this is exactly why we can't start a community and build it around a podcast. How the heck are we going to go get like these, these names that are extremely valued in our uh, industry, in our, in a community. Right. And then they just put off doing a podcast completely, but I guess it's good to hear that, you know, you guys before were like, you couldn't even get, it was tough to get customers to even come on the podcast and and small guests. And yet here you are down the road, being able to talk to some huge names in your industry because of the work you put in before. So if someone's listening to this, don't be discouraged by, oh, dang, how am I going to get anybody good on the podcast? Just freaking start. Okay. But here's the deal. Long,
1: dramatic pause. Here's the deal. <laughs> um, shout out to, to Dave Gerhardt, who says, um, life is too short to work for a CEO that doesn't understand marketing. Mm-hmm. That is very true. And by the way, life is too short to work at a startup where your VC doesn't understand the value of community and product-led mm-hmm. growth. So by the way, I'm not saying that product-led growth is the only model. If you work at a, a B2B SaaS company and you're running an enterprise playbook and you have a great sales team and you're doing outbound and you're booking, your you're inbound is focused on booking meetings for BDRs or sales reps or whatever, and it's working for you, like that, that's great. Um, I've done that and been very, very successful, but if you are trying to do product-led growth you not only need to have buy-in from your ceo you need to have buy-in from the from the from the vc and the reason for that is it took us 30 episodes which you know do the math that's like uh you know 6 6 months or whatever of, of time to get to the point where we started getting really good guests on mm-hmm. um and by the way, if you're listening to this and you were a guest on our podcast like three months ago, we love you too. And you were, you were amazing, but um, yeah, it took us, it took us a while. And frankly, I've heard stories sometimes where it takes people a year or two to break through on, on their, on their pod. Mm-hmm. It also, by the way, we're able to, to provide some level of connection from the podcast to growth and, and revenue on the discord. I have no way to explain what happens in there and how it translates but my CEO and, and our other co-founder CEO, they don't care. They just kind of get it. Yeah. They just want to provide value. They know it'll come back around. And um, especially now that we raised $60 million, like they're, they're telling me to invest more in that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's working. <laughs>
0: it well, like it, it is working, working, but, but yeah. I
1: can't explain always how it's working. Yeah. And I not only have air cover from my boss, the CEO, but our VC mm-hmm. told the CEO, we invested in you because of your podcast, because of your Discord community, and because you are the only vendor in the space that is fully bought in on product-led growth. Mm-hmm. And so now that gives, that gives me the room I need to, go, to invest in, in these things that are all about brand. And mm-hmm. community, not about not about revenue. Without that, we would have never we would have never made it. Because you know what? Honestly, like we we run Google ads for you know paid search ads, and those work for us as well. And that might be the worst thing that can happen to like another marketer, right? Is that your CEO's like, oh, you're you're we're getting X amount of like highly qualified leads every week from people typing in engineering metrics. Why don't you try to ten X that? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> But instead, our CEO and our board get the value of this community building and they, and they, they get the value of the, of, of the brand. Um, and therefore,
0: we're, we're able to invest in it. Yeah, and that's super cool. I mean, just knowing that one, the CEO is bought in and your co founders right. But then to take it a whole nother step and say, look, the VCs, they invested in us because of this. That has to be so good to know that you have they have your back, that you can do the work that you need to do for brand. You don't have to try and attribute every single thing to revenue. You know it's working. It's a gut feeling. You can't necessarily prove it, but that's the best part. One of the fun things about marketing is I just know this is working and the people around me know it's working, but we just can't prove it yet. You just kind of have to trust the process, right? That's
1: exactly right. Now I don't think you get, <clears throat> you don't get forever to trust <laughs> your gut yeah. and not yep. not be able to not be able to prove something. And no. by the way, there's different there's different. Um, <clears throat> the proof doesn't always have to be a full funnel like attribution report. Mm-hmm. Like qualitative proof yeah, for sure. is just as valuable. So you need mm-hmm. you need some kind of proof, right? Yeah. Like. Qualitative
0: Um, is great though. I think that's a perfect place to start.
1: Like, yeah, like again, like we, um, we, we had, I invited a bunch of customers that we didn't know. They're random free customers that signed up for the product. We hadn't really talked to them before. I invited them to come to our, our company kickoff. We don't call it a sales kickoff because we're product led. We really only have one sales rep. Um, (laughs) And, um, so they, these customers showed up to our kickoff to talk to our dev team and our whole company about like why they love linear B and use linear B and customer after customer when asked, why did you sign up for linear B? What do you like about linear B? What are you expecting a customer to say in that moment? You're expecting them to say, I have this problem and you have this feature. And I really like this. Almost none of them said that they all said, you know, I read Dan's blog about the eight things he wish he knew before he got promoted to being a dev team lead. And it really resonated with me or like uh, I read Ori's blog about um, why it's actually harder to be a CTO than to be a CEO because no one understands the CTO. Right. Um, And it's lonely. And I, and, I, and I, quote, forgot to breathe while I was reading that, that blog, unquote. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or like, um, <clears throat> I really believe what you guys have to say about only measuring team-based metrics, not individual metrics, not stack ranking my developers. Time and time again, it was just like, they resonated with our point of view. They resonated with our brand. They liked mm-hmm. our content. Almost none of them mentioned any features in the product. Yeah. Um so if that's not proof that like a that like investing in your brand and investing for us in this uh content community um growth flywheel is not working, then I like I don't I don't know I don't know what is. Now we mm-hmm. have a great product. So um, that's that you need you need that. Um mm-hmm. and again, like without the you know, uh, product-led growth, I don't think works unless somebody can not only get access to the product within like a few minutes, but they have to get value from it, right? Otherwise Mm -hmm. they just leave and and never come back. And especially with developers who like, don't check their email, Mm -hmm. you don't have this like opportunity to like nurture them and stuff that just doesn't exist. We barely do anything around email nurture because it just doesn't work with our particular audience. So you have like one chance, to, to get them. So the product really matters. And yet in a crowded space where we have, literally we we have new competitors popping up every week, 50, 60 competitors, um, it seems like it's our brand
0: that is is what is is breaking through. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely think that that's, that's what's going on. And it, and it seems like it certainly is. Um, so I have one more thing I wanna do before we wrap up here, we're coming up on time. Um, we just started doing this on the show where we reverse roles. We hand the mic to you and you become the podcast interviewer to ask me the questions that you might have just to spice up the show a bit. So does I do have a mind? question for you, Sam? Sam? I, do, yeah. I do. I do. I um,
1: do. You know, I think everybody out there, um, you know, once they like realize like every marketer at some point goes like, Oh man, I'm really good at this one thing. I'm going to start an agency. Screw mm. my boss, screw working for the man. I'm going to start an agency and, and, uh, and work for myself. Um, and some people are actually brave enough to do it. I've had that mm-hmm. thought. I've never been brave enough to do it. Um, but I'm pretty sure um, you've had some soul crushing moments since you've started your, your agency. And I want to hear like um, what's like something that happened to you in your journey that like, really destroyed you? And how did
0: you like get up the next day and like, uh, keep going? That's a good question. I'm going to, I might think about, think on it for a second. I think that when we, I think the toughest thing was, so we have not always worked in the, the B2B SaaS space. Um, previously we were building websites primarily for small businesses and, if anyone has worked in the SMB space, you know, it, it's, it's tough to, to convince them any of anything they need marketing wise, right? So a website, anything along those lines. And I personally was getting really just like tired of, oh, why would I ever need a website? Because the sales process is way different. So you're, you're talking to a small business owner and you have to convince them they need a website, right? Before you can even convince them that you're the right person to build them a website. Then you're in the SaaS world and marketing is valued way more. They're choosing- Yeah, who are these small business owners? Are they in 1999 or- a lot? Not all of them are like that. I will give you that. But a lot of uh, like the service-based industry, they they might know they need a website, but they don't want to pay more than 500 bucks for a website. And it's just hearing that over and over again, just being 100% devalued when you know you're putting your, your team is putting your heart and soul into something to get it done to really help a business, I guess was one of the toughest things that I had to go through being an agency owner. Um, and full transparency, that's one of the reasons that we made the shift to B2B, just knowing they they value marketing way more. It's it, plain and simple. And uh, it was, it was, I almost wanted to stop completely for a while. Just why is it that it's always a fight, like penny pinching, always questioning not really knowing the industry on, on the small business part and uh, I think that was the toughest thing that I had to go through and maybe some people are listening and going wow that's all you had to deal with but it gets tough when it, mm-hmm. this is something you want to to help people with um, and provide a service that that works well and you know will help them but they just don't see it so I'm very glad that we have since made the shift but uh, that's a little bit of history on, on what I had to do so you're a better man than me Sam. <laughs> It took a little. It took a little bit, but um, very glad that we had the opportunity to do that, and uh, it definitely set us up to where we are today, and uh, we're much much further ahead um, because of just the background that we've had. But uh, I wouldn't change anything. I'm I'm happy of of what we went through and what we had to learn because I guess you need to start small before you can do some bigger things. So that's where yeah. we're at today. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Um, Well, awesome. This has been, this has been a really cool opportunity to chat with you. Um, I, I am not in the SaaS world, right? We we obviously do websites for SaaS companies, but we, I don't, I've never worked in the SaaS world, but I think the, the product like growth model is something that is going to be, I don't know, blown up or people are going to be doing it more and more. And I a hundred percent agree with it when it works for a company. It seems like it's obviously perfect fit for you guys. And I sit back and I wonder, why don't more companies actually do this? I, I feel like this from a consumer standpoint, I love the opportunity to go try out a product and see if it's for me. And that's what I love about it. So I'm sure there are other people like that. And I just don't know no, I just don't know why more people don't do it. So that's where I'm at with it. But um I appreciate you you joining me here today. I, I love diving. It's hard it's hard
1: to do, Sam. That's why more people don't don't do it. And it takes like a it's a, it takes a a different mindset <clears throat> and it takes um um it takes a different set of skills than what than what yeah. people have. And so it's not a uh, it's not a well traveled path mm-hmm. uh yet. Um mm-hmm. so actually, yeah, so shout out to um to another, another Dave that has a great uh, community. Everybody should check out product le- productled.marketing, mm-hmm. which is a, uh, a community that I'm a member of um, that is hosted by Dave Rigotti, um, who um, was the head of marketing at Visible and has now got his own, he's the CEO of a really cool new uh, product-led uh, cool. marketing uh, tech. But um, yeah, he created a community specifically because there are starting to be more product-led marketers out there and like, we don't really know
0: where to go waters. to talk to each other <laughs> about some
1: of the stuff we're trying to figure out. So that's another yeah. cool
0: marketing community that I, that I'm a member of as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are some people doing PLG listening to this show. So where can they go actually to find yeah. out more about you if they want to reach out? Well,
1: yeah, get in touch with me and we can, yeah. we can, uh, we can swap, swap stories. Yeah. I'm the only Rocco Save on LinkedIn so, uh, such you, a cool on, name, man. I just have to you, say that
0: that's such a cool name.
1: When you're a kid, the name Rocco really sucks. Cause it rhymes with the word taco. So I basically <laughs> heard Rocco taco my entire life being a little bit older. I've, I've come to appreciate it a little bit more. So yeah, I'd love connect, connect with me on LinkedIn and find me in, uh, in DGMG Facebook mm-hmm. or in product led dot marketing, uh, communities. I'm very, I'm very active in there. And, um, if you're, if your VP of engineering is looking to, uh, Get some metrics uh, to help uh, help their, your uh, your dev team uh, continuously improve. Uh, check out check out Linear B. They can sign up for the product and get incredible value within three minutes, and they never have to talk to a sales rep. Uh, and uh, and if they want, they can use the product free
0: forever. Love it, man. Well, I appreciate you joining me here. This was a lot of fun. You're um, the man. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, great to great to talk to you.